Well, hey, everybody. It is so good to be back. Welcome to Q on Q Season 3. Wow, it's been a few weeks since I've posted anything. No podcasts, no daily devotions. Just needed some time to take a step back and rest and recharge and kind of start summer off with a refire. And Boy, God has spoken to me in a big way, and I'm really excited to share it with you. If you're a regular listener, we're so glad you're back with us and appreciate you sticking in with us during this little break that we took. If you're a new listener, welcome. We invite you to go back and check out our previous two seasons. They are available on most major podcast providers, or you can find a link to them on qonq.com. That's the letter Q, the word on, and the word Q, Q-U-E-U-E dot com. 42 episodes, two seasons of great stuff to check out. So, let's give you all a quick update on where we've been. School ended a few weeks ago, and I've been taking every opportunity to enjoy summer break. A few trips and activities with the family, lots of yard work, of course, trying to update some things outside. We've been pretty busy, still lots to go, hopefully some pool time in our future if the weather ever cooperates, (laughs) some more updates outside, and some more trips ahead of us. Taking our son this week to his first official college visit. I'm not sure I'm ready for this. He'll be a junior next year, but wants to get a jump start and see what's out there. And our kids are doing some trips, camp, and trip to the beach. And before we know it, band camp's going to be here. But for now, we're going to enjoy some downtime, or should I say time, at least where we get to set our own schedules. So my original plan was to come back with new episodes around Memorial Day. And of course that didn't happen for a myriad of reasons, the biggest one being that it just wasn't the right time. I think you all probably know that feeling when you think that something is going to happen on a date and you can just sense that it's not the right timing. Well, for me, it wasn't the right time. Um, You know, my thought train, my my notes that I had been making about episodes coming up just kind of stopped. And I knew that it was best for me to wait. And boy, I'm glad I did. Um, was waiting for some other ideas to come and fast forward a few weeks and a whole bunch of things lined up. Tons of info has been downloaded and boom, this series became a reality. So here we are and I'm going to be a lot more real with you all and try to get a lot less to the script if that's okay with you all. Well, it's going to have to be, sorry. (laughs) But my plan is to have the best summer ever which is what brings us to this series. So let's take a few minutes and rewind just a little bit. So let's go back to the beginning of May. A lot of people I'd talk to would comment about how the school year was winding down and only a few weeks till summer, how good it must have felt. Well, for music teachers, May is hardly wind-down time. Rather, it picks up steam after spring break and seems to just kind of snowball and race toward the end of May. You know, extra rehearsals and concerts and running sound and lights for different events, navigating around a hundred other school things. For a music teacher, the school year really doesn't seem to wind down until the concerts are over or special events are done or the kids are literally walking out the door the last day of school. I love the end of the school year, not just because of summer break. (laughs) Sure, it's unbelievably busy, but the school year finishes with things that made me want to be a music teacher in the first place. You know, all the months of teaching and practice and rehearsal and 
Shaping the music all year long now gets to pay off, and that's why May is one of my favorite months of the year. And even though directing band is such a small portion of really what I do during the day, I think it's one of the reasons that it's so hard to let go and turn my teacher brain off when the school year comes to an end. Every summer, it seems like as soon as school is out, I already have ideas for next year's music, ideas for guests to bring in, trips to take, ways to rework my curriculum. After going hard for nine plus months, it's really hard to stop. But as I have matured as a teacher, and more importantly as a human being, and a father, and a believer, I'm slowly learning the importance of taking breaks when necessary. And I'm not just referring to physical breaks. I'm referring to mental breaks, too. Next year is my 25th year of teaching, and I want to have the highest level of enthusiasm and energy as I can going in. And in order to do that, I have to purposely step away for a little bit. Just saying I'm going to relax does nothing when my mind and my body are in the habit of just going and going and going. So all that being said, it brings me to some of the things I do want to spend my time focusing on this summer. A lot of people have asked me what I was doing, and at the time when asked, you know, mostly a month or so ago, I really wasn't sure. But there was something I kept saying over and over to people. I believed for some time that this was going to be the best summer ever. So, that led me to this series. I'm going to rewind again to several months back. I feed off of busyness. I always seem to want to be doing something and at times find it hard to just step back. And in times of busyness, I find myself not eating right, not sleeping right, not observing healthy life patterns. And just as I said in the last paragraph that I need to give my mind and body a break, I say that I'm going to, but I'm still tired. I have aches and pains. I can't move like I used to. I have trouble breathing. And I know the mid-40s are different than the mid-20s, but I noticed something. When I truly reflected on what all was going on, I wasn't eating healthy, I wasn't moving as much, and probably the most obvious one was my clothes weren't fitting right anymore, and not for the right reasons. I stepped on a scale one morning, and it said error. That was because the battery was low, but I got back on it, it showed me a number, and I thought, that must be a mistake. Nope, no error that time. Now let me say this. My health has never been defined by a number on a scale or the size of my clothing or anything like that, but I just didn't feel healthy. You know, I was tired a lot, wasn't sleeping real well, and that was just one measure of proving where I was at and what I feared where I was headed. At first, I wanted to call this episode Take a Hike, because I didn't want to really face this topic. It's something the human side of me doesn't really want to address, but something that I know I need to. So, now it's summer, and it's time to unwind, time to disconnect, and time to focus on some things to put me more in tune with how God has called me to live my life. I think of it like an opportunity for reset. And while I've mentioned physical health, something I've come to really recognize and respect over the past few years is just how important all different types of health truly are. It's not just physical health. There's mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, relational health, so much more. You know, when things seem to be going great, we don't really take time to really reflect and focus on all those different things. But let me start with physical health for just a moment. 
So overall, at 45 years old, I'm in pretty good health. Most recent trip to the doctor found my levels are all really good, and things seem to be in good order, except for one thing. Remember that scale thing I mentioned a little bit ago? Now, my weight has been up and down through the years, and I had some troubles with acid reflux and my gallbladder and such, and kind of went through phases, and my eating habits and how that affected me physically is something I've given very little attention to. I just went up and down and up and down, but I've learned just how important my health is to live the life I've been called to live, and I know things have to be different. You know, it made me think about an experience leading worship several weeks back. We were doing some music that I just completely got lost in in worshiping, and it was just an incredible experience. And we were up there moving, and our hands were going, and we were just, whew, God was moving in that place. But when we were done, I was exhausted. I knew that the power of the Spirit was keeping me going during that time, but, you know, I was more tired than I probably should have been. I heard a phrase this way one time. Let's say you're sitting one day and you get called to be a chauffeur for some big-time celebrity. And you jump at the chance and say, yes, you just bought this brand new, really nice car. Maybe like a BMW or something. And it's going to be great. Then you quickly realize that your car is in pretty deplorable condition. It's full of food wrappers, smells like cats lived in it for a week, covered in mud. You have a big dent in the side and your gas tank is running on fumes. You're not in any condition or position to carry around a celebrity and something that might be costly but really hasn't been taken care of. In our lives, God has given us all a calling and a purpose. He's put people in situations and experiences in our paths, and he's given us the most complex system of organs, bones, and muscles with which to do it. He's given us a BMW to live our lives. We choose what we do with it. Do we fill it with junk and not take care of it? Or do we get its oil changed regularly, get it washed, polished, and let its beautiful paint color shine? You see, our bodies are God's. We were created in His image. We should acknowledge God for our health in so many ways as we enjoy His creation. This can be done anywhere, anytime. But the key is to be thankful for what He's given us in creating our bodies and as they interact with the rest of creation. God's purpose for us isn't just to enjoy it, but rightly enjoy His creation. Think of it that way. Just like everything He created, we can use our bodies and health for good or not so good. And there's a wrong way to enjoy God's creation. It can happen when we misuse or don't take care of this holy vessel He's given us, and then in turn, we can't live out our calling to its fullest because our vessel, our body, isn't operating fully as it was designed to. So I'm not going to give you advice on a diet to follow or an exercise plan to do. Not that kind of expert would never claim to be. Here's what I know. The scriptures are very clear about the importance of our bodies in holy work. A big theme in the Bible is that the human body was created by God, so we should respect it by striving for both bodily and spiritual health. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, Paul reminds us that our bodies are not ours to do with as we please, but a means by which we can glorify God. It says this, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. 
And don't forget Romans 12.1. Paul was speaking to the Roman church when he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And with this, and here's where I have issues, indulgence becomes an issue. We see the word gluttony used in many translations. The bottom line is that when we overindulge, whether it be in food or drink or alcohol or whatever, it takes our focus off of praising the Lord. And that food or drink or whatever becomes what we feel we need in that moment to sustain us and carry us through. So here's my game plan for the summer. And I know this won't work for everyone. And again, I don't claim to be an expert. But my focus for my body is to watch how much I eat, watch my activity. In today's world, we can be prone to be creatures of the inside. We get out at least every day or every other day to do yard work or some activity outside to make sure we keep our bodies moving. I don't want to fall into that trap of being comfortable on the couch in the A.C., And I'm hoping that minor changes in watching what I eat and how much I eat and making sure I stay active will help my physical health. But at the same time as I look at those things, I can't neglect the others I've mentioned. Let's talk about spiritual health. While keeping our bodies healthy is important for both praising God's creation and ensuring we have the strength to continue doing His work, we can't forget about our spiritual health. I think the most challenging thing for me and probably most people was when it comes to routine. I get in a routine of, okay, I read this devotional, I listened to this song, I read this scripture, I prayed for my meals. You know, it almost becomes like checking boxes. Friends, the Bible has so much to say about how to work toward a healthy spirit within you and how much that is tied with a healthy body. Just like we keep a body healthy, our spiritual health needs to be kept in tune. Constantly worked, always used. A believer's spiritual health is accomplished through good spiritual hygiene. And to be honest, though the spiritual battles we face are real and can seem sometimes very difficult, keeping your spiritual health in check is actually rather easy. It involves staying in the Word, praying in both good times and in bad, staying in fellowship with other believers, and sharing your faith. I'm convinced we can't experience the abundant life in Christ without exercising good spiritual hygiene. Here's why. The bottom line is that God wants to see believers live their lives before the world in a manner that glorifies God through Jesus. And to do that, we need to demonstrate the qualities of Christ. We were made in His image. Everyone who has asked Jesus into their lives has received the Holy Spirit, But being filled with and activating those characteristics involves a continual process. Think of it this way. Wouldn't it be great if we could fill up our cars with gas the day we buy them and then never have to do it again? Especially since gas is like $7 million a gallon now. We expect to have to put gas in our cars every once in a while. We should also expect to fuel our spiritual health. You become spiritually strong when you constantly fill up and tune up. So what about our mental health, our relational health? If one aspect of our health, those included, aren't running at full capacity, it can take a really big toll on our physical and spiritual well-being. 
I can't fully understand what somebody battling depression goes through, as I have never experienced that. I have experienced strained relationships and difficult interactions before, and I can tell you they're no fun. For me, I've found there's no one process to make them whole again, with one exception. As I've put Christ first, I choose joy. I choose to always be the bigger person. I choose to be a giver. I choose to give praise. I'm not saying any of those things is easy, and I'm certainly not downplaying the severity of some things that people go through. I've never experienced difficulties as hard as a lot of people have. What I'm saying is this. A spirit of anxiety, you know, a pit of depression, this type of spirit brings a heaviness over us. It tries to rob our hope. It brings a heavy, oppressive feeling that tries to steal our faith by coming over us like a dark, heavy cloud, trying to isolate us, making us feel alone, stealing our relationships. To defeat it, we need to be thankful to Christ that we are saved. Thank him for your health. Thank him again and again and again. And proclaim wholeness in your body. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks. Allow your thankfulness to become hope and allow that hope to turn into joy and allow that joy to develop into freedom from what hangs over you. So let's circle back. It's summer. I've decided to recharge my batteries by taking a break from some pretty heavy work and mentally draining stuff and refocus my mind and my heart on my family and my faith. To create things, I've been putting off creating by doing things I enjoy doing going to write some music, going to um, work on some lyrics, going to work on some videos, some stuff like that, you know. For me, at the top of that list involves my health. Because if I'm not healthy, I can't do any of those things. I don't know what it is for you, but if you've neglected your well-being, I would challenge you this summer to take time to breathe. Set yourself some new and enjoyable morning habits. Maybe Take your coffee to the back deck and watch the sunrise instead of drinking it while you listen to all the negative news. Relax. Allow yourself to reconnect, to refocus, and to reset. Allow your physical, mental, spiritual, and relational health to get to a good place. Sometimes you have to let go of some things or put things on pause or, you know, kind of tuck them in a drawer for a little bit for that to happen. Put how the scriptures call you to live into practice. I've set myself a goal for physical activity this summer. Planning on getting my steps every day. Whether that's inside, outside, through some activities, whatever. Hoping to drop a few pounds by the end of the summer. And hopefully getting back into those jeans that are just a little snug right now. When I do, I have a feeling I'm going to have the energy to do what I need. Maybe not need as many of those mid-afternoon naps. <laughs> I heard just yesterday, as a matter of fact, at a concert I was attending, these words. Your emotions do not have intellect, so your emotions should never lead you. Don't feel bad for sometimes having to say no, or sometimes having to disconnect for a little bit. Get grounded. Stay strong, and when the road gets difficult and wants to make you feel like taking a hike, take a walk instead. Let me pray for you real quick before we go. Lord, thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing in my life, in our lives. You are our guide. 
the joy of my heart, the author of my hope, and the object of my love. This summer, I want to seek refreshment and peace in all that I do. Show me your mercy, relieve my fears and anxieties, and grant me a quiet mind, an expectant heart, and a wholeness of self that, by the assurance of your presence, I may learn to abide in you in all things. Amen. Well, friends, I'm excited to be back with you for season three. I pray that the word God has given me this week will speak to you in some way. We continue our best summer ever series next week with work in the garden. No, I'm not going to force you to go plant a bunch of plants, but I'll be sharing some of the benefits of being outside, but more importantly, focusing on the topic of seed planting and cultivation and why seeds you plant this summer might make a big difference for you and the lives of others for the future. Thanks again for listening. See you back here next time, and we'll have more for you on cue.